As you've been listening to the last few episodes, it's likely that the following thought occurred to you. Yes, I hear you say, but preoccupation with the present and failure to anticipate and plan for, and indeed steward the world for, the future, is one of the most pressing parts of our contemporary problem. Nowhere more than in young people who are more interested in sex, drugs and rock and roll than they are in their futures. The last thing we need, you may therefore think, is more emphasis on reckless indifference to the consequences of our own current actions. I would entirely agree with the point that you're making, but as with so many objections, the sort of thing that leads us to say, well, that'll never work, or that's a really bad idea, as I've indicated before, the objection in fact tells us more about our situation than we might suppose. It doesn't, as you might think, completely destroy the Dewey Principle. On the contrary, it exonerates it. Why? Because the Dewey Principle isn't quite as simplistic as I have stated it. It doesn't say, and Dewey doesn't say, just enjoy today, today, any old how never mind what the quality of the experience you have is, never mind how you spend today, never mind even what it is that you enjoy, just enjoy it anyway. If the Dewey Principle were to advocate that, then the objection that you and I and many others have identified would undoubtedly be legitimate and the Dewey Principle would be an invitation, a license for exactly the kind of uncontrolled exploitation that has led us to our environmental and climate crisis and all manner of other things too. But Dewey doesn't say that and he certainly doesn't mean it. He would say, or if he doesn't, I would say, that this preoccupation with trivial current enjoyment with what you might call froth, with what you might call frivolity, that is a consequence of our failure to understand how to do the bit of his principle that I haven't quoted recently, but have certainly quoted before, that we need to extract the full meaning of the present experiences we have and that is the only preparation for the future that we really need, or that really amounts to anything in Dewey's terms. But that supposes that the things that we're doing now have the capacity to give us deep experiences, that they are chosen, not randomly undertaken. Certainly, in his 1938 book, experience and education, Dewey makes the point that education doesn't believe in just any old experience. Indeed, to believe in any old experience is the kind of thinking that Rousseau's ideas have sometimes led to in some modern educational practices. Let the children do anything because anything is better than nothing and they will learn from it irrespective of whether it's structured or not. That's not what Dewey thinks. 
Dewey thinks that if we provide children with a framework which is well conceived but open, think again about jelly on a plate. This is exactly the problem that that analogy is intended to address. If we provide children with a framework which is well conceived, that affords them the possibility to have rich experiences, then they will have those experiences and they will discern in them and learn from them things that are unique to their own constitutions and from which they can grow and by which they can choose the direction in which they grow. The problem the problem that the objection that I mentioned right at the beginning, and you may well have mentioned too, or complained about too, the problem is that we have a superficial world. That education, precisely because it has thought of itself in terms of the kind of drudgery of learning that is necessary to prepare us for some putative future reward or career, has given very little attention, if any, to the quality of the experiences that it provides in the present. Instead, it has gone for what you might call a content heavy notion of learning and therefore of the curriculum. What matters is that children learn the things that the syllabus specifies, that the national curriculum specifies, that the government specifies. Nobody really gives very much attention to, and one sometimes wonders whether they even care, about the quality of that learning experience, about whether children in learning, whether it be arithmetic, English, history, science or art, have an experience that is even capable of engaging them in a lifelong pursuit. In other words, do we think of the way we present children with the curriculum as being primarily about finding something in the great supermarket of human thought and practice that might grab them, that might inspire them, that might in them find a lifelong devotee. Because that's really what makes the difference for all of us, that we have, if we are fortunate, found things that we would happily do for nothing but found ways to earn our living doing them. That principle, that things should be worthwhile in themselves, is the embodiment of the Dewey principle. But to be worthwhile, they need to be more than superficial, they need to be more than trivial. And so, if it is the case that the world is preoccupied with the present and with a failure as a result to anticipate and plan for and take stewardship of the future and the planet on which we depend, it is because we have encouraged a frivolous and a wasteful and a neglectful and a throwaway notion, not only of life, but of the present and particularly of experience, so that we have to have trivial experiences in vast numbers 
You have a new car, but the new car quickly fades in its attraction, so you get another one. Or even you have a new girlfriend or boyfriend and their attractions quickly fade, so you move on to another one. We don't understand the concept of a deeply engaged, passionate, enthusiastic, rich, worthwhile experience from everything we do. And so we need more and more and more of everything in a way that is clearly unsustainable. So the point that I'm making, and I hope it's clear because it's very important, is that the objection that we started with and that you may well have had yourself is absolutely a point and absolutely relevant to this whole matter. But rather than proving that the Dewey Principle is inoperable, unworkable and can't possibly work, it points us to a completely different approach to the design of our educational experiences and the depth of the experiences that can be derived in the unique way that each child will, if given the opportunity to do so, in ways that will not squander the resources of the world, because we will find that we can derive enormous pleasure from tiny things that we understand in great depth. And that, I think, is a lesson not just for education, not just for young children, not even just for young adults, but a lesson for us all.